When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's New York. When I came into New York Harbor and I saw the skyline and I saw the Statue of Liberty, I got such a, like a rush. I had never, before, the first time I saw Gugon Barra in Cork, you know, it was the same thing. It was like a shock. It just went right through you. It was so beautiful, you know. Yeah. But with New York, it was more like excitement. I landed in New York August 13, 1929. Year of the Wall Street crash. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I had nothing to lose. <laughs> On the Carinthia, Cunard Line. Oh, it was something to see the Statue of Liberty. I'm telling you. This is it. It was. And the sights coming in the harbour there and looking at the big buildings. But it was. It was a, a, a lovely sight. This is the story of five Irish emigrants who are citizens of New York City. My name is Joe Cunningham. <laughs> For me, my agency is good to meet anybody. My name is Julia Doyle, and I come from County Kilkenny, and I'm here since 1951. Hey, Martin, how are That's you? An awful looking at him, not too bad. <laughs> it's a lovely Saturday in Woodlawn here, in that. Well, the weather is nice anyway, nice and dry. My name is Eileen Moran, and I'm from Cork City, and I... Julia's neighbour across the hall. <laughs> yeah. And we live in um, we live in the same building on the same floor. Same <laughs> floor. We share the same we 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 always call each other on the phone like we <laughs> yeah. but if we open the doors we could talk too, but <laughs> we end up talking on the phone. Good morning. Oh, How are you? Maggots. How are you doing? Maggot, maggots. This is Joe. My watch gave up after all those years, and it was a set. He's 98, and he's driving. And what else gave up? My watch gave up. Heater gave out. The watch gave up. And my hearing aid conked out after five years. So I'll be the next. (laughs) Joe was showing me around Woodlawn in New York. You have the Rory Dolans, right? Yeah, very famous. Well, that's the Ramley House. He owns that too. He's from my cavern. That's the aging centre. That's the Ashling Irish Community Centre. We'll be coming there. I think that's something going on all the time there. Yeah. Yeah. What avenue is this now? This is uh, uh, McLean. Another Irish (laughs) avenue. (laughs) You've gone into a house now that's... It's really not, not, a, not a home, it's a museum. 
And there's nobody there but the two of us. We're a wonderful family. They're all out doing their own thing. This lady needs to And... Uh, Luckily, the traffic is light. I think the lady uh, needs to turn. Nobody to do anything in the house. My wife has dementia. You know what that is? It's related to Alzheimer's. And the dictionary gives a definition of, uh, of that as uh, deterioration of intelligence. And she has about the intelligence or the memory of a, of a six-year-old child. But every once in a while, she becomes very normal. Especially if you talk about Dunkirk. <laughs> Joe emigrated to New York from Cushing, County Clare. His wife Rose from Dunkirk in Leitrim. What street are we on? This is a Brooks River Road. Yeah. Good. Joe, which is your better ear? Which is your better ear? Which is your better ear? Oh, this one. This this one, one. I'll lean to that one, okay? Yeah, well, we'll work that out. Six sheets. Hand me right with you. A ham sandwich? Oh, no, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Huh? Yeah. You I'm don't fine. want a ham sandwich? No, I'm grand. Thank you. I remember being at the half door, and somebody passed by outside, and he shouted in. Michael Collins got just got shot. I can still hear that today. Little do we know what a wonderful man Michael Collins was, uh, but that's politics. Tell me about the journey, the boat. I enjoyed it because I wasn't sick. The only knowledge I had was the five miles circumference around where I was born. But then I didn't like their tea, I didn't like their coffee, I never had coffee before. They used to give me milk, I loved the milk. But then the next day I got milk again, the next day, and I wondered, how could they have milk? So I searched the boat looking for the cows. This is absolutely true, he's going over. I figured that's the only way I could get milk. How old were you then, Joe? 17. This is Joe's wife, Rose. My mother came from Rochambeau. Rochambeau is the back of the old cow. You know, you know that? Drum is, is, uh, is back and gaily. Sham is old. And Bo is a cow, back of the old cow. Yeah. <laughs> we, we came from Drumcairn. We used to go to Mary Hamilton sometime for, for fun. <laughs> I think I think came when I was sixteen. Joe, did I come when I was sixteen to New York? Yes, yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Official. She had three birthdays. She used uh, the twentieth and the twenty-fifth, and then for some legal reason we had to get her birthday from Leitrim, and as she was born on the fourteenth of March, nineteen seventeen. What do you remember about getting the boat? The ship? Coming on the boat from Ireland. I've never heard you talk about it. I know, I know somebody pushed me on. <laughs> this is Julia and Eileen. Uh, my mother had died when I was 14. So then I was a little orphan nanny. So uh, my sister came home from England 
and took me back with her. So I was there eight years, and I came here. I was, what was I, 20? 22? 21? I was early 20s, anyway. Yes. What, was, what was your first impression of New York Harbor in that junior? Uh, I didn't want to get off the boat. It was, it was a wonderful trip. Yeah. Wonderful trip. I think it's because I was one of the youngest, and that's not really young. Um, a lot of them took me under their wing, Canadians and people from Chicago coming back from Ireland. And we sort of sat at the same table, and nobody got sick. We, we were having yeah. up half the night dancing. <laughs> it, it, it was cocktail. Uh, well, I was underage. So they would give me some holy water once in a while and to see me through the night. <laughs> so, but we we really did it. If when I saw the harbor, I, I the reason I felt the way I did is I didn't know what was ahead of me. I had a you know, I had trepidation, so I wanted to keep on cruising. Oh yes, you, know, you enjoyed so, it. Yeah. Yeah. Eileen, yeah. when did you come to New York? I came to New York in 1951, yeah. and um, same. Years, Julia. And, um, How did you get here? I took a plane. It took about 12 hours, and it was a propeller job, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, I think I was supposed to go by boat first. I had my 16th birthday here in New York. We were sad, even though the excitement was there and everything. But, mm. I, you know, I, you hate bringing it up because everyone says, oh, you were so young. But actually, everything went okay. <laughs> uh, if we could go to Gaelic Park and... Cool. I don't know if we can get in, you see. But I think Gaelic Park is open, if you wouldn't mind. This is Martin O'Malley. He came to New York in 1957. Oh. West 240th Street. Right. There's the floodlights. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the centre field. I was 24. I was born at 33, but I was in England for three years before I came here. Well, it wasn't that hard. The boat was a, that was a cruise, is what it was, no doubt. It was beautiful. I met I met a lot of people on the boat and kept in contact with them afterwards for a while in the in the dance halls in Manhattan. But it was uh, it was a cruise. It was a a beautiful vacation, seven days that I never had a vacation like it. Dance all night and a few jugs of seven and seven. <laughs> but it was, it was nice. It was all young ones, like ourselves even. There was a, they were from every country. There was a lot of them came that time. They were swarming in here. But there was nothing in Ireland, there was nothing there. When Joe arrived in New York at the age of 17, it was the height of the Great Depression. In New York at the time, a lot of people were down on their luck. Oh, yeah, but they all helped each other. They were all happy. Didn't uh, yeah, a bottle of milk was nine cents. A pack of cigarettes was 13. A gallon of gas was about 10 cents or something. And uh, uh, in church you gave a dime. I'm glad to get it. <laughs> and uh, Do you remember Prohibition? Very well. Very well. They, they used to have bars, but uh, they had to close them up. So they operated from the basement. They had a door, 
and there'd be a little hole in the door. And you'd go in there and say, Jimmy sent me in. They'd open the door. And uh, I used to go there. They, later on, they had music. And their dad sets all afternoon. And they'd uh, set it be over. They'd drop nickels and dimes on the floor. And when there'd be enough uh, on the floor and there'd be no more coven, uh, he'd pick up the money and start playing for a set, another set. And that's how he got paid. We had a boarding house, you know, and the, an yeah. Irish lady, she was strict, <laughs> you know. She had to be she, with you. If you had a boyfriend, she wanted to bring him up and she'd look him over and <laughs> she'd let you know right away whether he, if he had a good job, he, it was yeah. okay, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. your grandmother. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, you know, it was nice. It, it was good, good fun, you know. Yeah. I was page girl that's like a messenger girl you know in the bank so I I really loved that job it was fantastic you know mm. you were going all the time it was busy you know but the only thing about banks they didn't pay good no. you know really? yes yes they don't pay at, at that all, time no. yes at that time I know oh, lucky yes <laughs> Julia what about yourself what were you up to uh, <clears throat> I came to Queens, I came to live with my aunt, and um, there was an opening for some help for the United Nations, and that was new at the time. So a beautiful building on the east side overlooking the water. So I went down for an interview and um, almost said to me, don't call here, we'll call you. Yeah. You know? So then uh, four weeks went by, and I said, enough is enough, I have to get out and work. And I got a job in the supermarket. And then before I knew it, hey, guess who's in the back door? The union guys. So you have to sign up. (laughs) You have to sign your life away. I had to sign, yeah, well, I had to join the union. So I joined the union, and maybe two weeks later, I got a letter in the mail saying I was accepted at the UN. What did you do? Too late. Too late. I had joined the union. Yeah. And like so you were stuck in the job then, were you? Yeah, in the supermarket. I stayed in the supermarket, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. you know, maybe it was to be. Right. Oh, the band. Well, uh, that uh, developed as time went by started out with a melodion under my arm. <laughs> when they had 28 ballrooms here in New York, there were, uh, uh, male ballrooms, 84 Street and 3rd Avenue. Started once as 38, 138 in Willis Avenue in the Bronx. Sligo was uh, 125th Street and Lexington Avenue to Galway Hall was 125th and 12th Avenue. Aaron's Isle was in Brooklyn. It was a job, it was a job. But uh, most of the musicians uh, played private parties. They were all four floors of apartments. An Irish party, Christian, whatever it would be, a wedding maybe, wouldn't musicians sometimes too. And they'd play. In the second floor of the third, people, I come to think of it, says, how about the people underneath? 
The music that we played, we played uh, all uh, waltzes, and uh, you had to play uh, popular music. Oh, so they were great. They were lovely. It was grand to go down there, listen to Irish music and do waltzes and quick steps and all that stuff and met, met the girls and met whoever and say, well, I'll meet you next week again so you had an appointment. I'll meet so-and-so in the Jacob House next weekend and I'll meet you in the city centre the following weekend. Just try and have a few beers, come home on the subway. You might have to go to Brooklyn to win on a date, but try not to find out where she's from first. Going on, dancers, boys, oh, it was yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was mostly dancing and uh, good times and movies. And yeah, for me, it was the first time I had my own money, you know, and managing it was pretty mm-hmm. good, you know. And it was it was great, really. We had, yeah. but I got married young, so did you, Julia, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we got married. I lived young. in Queens, I didn't come into. New York City yeah. as often as where you're living in 96th Street. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You were right in the middle of things. Then. Right, yes. yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Being a band leader has its advantages. They hire my band, and during the night, this beautiful girl would come up and ask me for a request. And she asked me, please play the stack of barley. So I didn't I wanted to talk to her. It was gorgeous. I wanted to see if I could talk to her. And I asked her, when do you want the stack of barley? So she, she said, now, and wheeled around and took off. Three weeks later, I go into the church. I was a little late, probably out the night before, and... I had to go all the way down, no seats, no seats. Genuflect to get back halfway to the other side, and there was a seat in here. And when the usher came around with the basket, the girl that was in front of me turned halfway around, and that was her brother. She turned a little and asked him if he had money. But he was over here. She asked me if I had money, and I said yes. And she's still asking me for money. And that's how I met Rose. Five months later, we got married. We had five children, and if I got a job, and I'd be home at, I'll be home at two o'clock. If we get an hour overtime, I'll be home at three. Rose would be at the, the bedside of the children Send the rosary at every one of them. And I'd, I'd be always home on time, and uh, that's, that's how that worked. It's just looking in there, you see the long bar? Is that, that's, that's an old original wooden bar, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is, yeah, oh, it is, yeah. It was all the way around, it's like a big, a huge horseshoe. Had to be packed four deep, five deep in there. You just... The tall stools, you can see the brass pole where people would put their feet. Put their feet on, right, right. Yeah, standing at the bar there, old, dark, dark wood. Is this where the matches were made? This is where the matches were made, yes. And we're not talking football and hurling. <laughs> no. 
What would be what, what would the tipple have been at the time though? Are mostly beer, it's beer. Ten cents a glass. You buy three and they give you one on the house. So for every for every thirty cents you had four beers. No for you. And what about the girdles? The girls didn't drink then. They drank seven up and coke and stuff like that, but the the, 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 the girls didn't drink at all that time. Yeah, well, they, are they, that means they're better or worse. <laughs> no, well, they could see what they were getting. <laughs> they stayed sober and watched to see who the drunks were. You went in and you got hamburgers inside here, and they had all grills outside too. And they used to sell beer along the along the. They'd have beer on on ice. Alongside the watching the game, watching the game. Oh yes, it was. It was grand. It was. It was a lovely afternoon, no doubt. Well, Gaelic Park was uh, uh, wonderful games, but uh, all the girls in those days, uh, girls were not interested in ball games. They were there to meet other girls, meet boys or whatever, and it was an Irish uh, party. And but now the girls are playing themselves. I I went mm. to Gaelic Park and I loved it. Mm. It was a great place to meet people, you know. Mm. And if you if you somebody was coming out from Ireland, you'd say, "Well, I'll meet you there," you know. And you would run into the people. It was great fun, and um, the fellows were <laughs> plentiful. Oh, yeah. Plentiful. <laughs> yeah. The more trades you had, the better. Played if you played football, you were certainly in. Because the counties got you jobs, but they'd be, they'd be dying for a good player, so they'd fit you in in order to get you to play for them. They had nicknames. Every county, Clare were Billy Earlies, Cork Bottle Stoppers, uh, uh, Slashes, Cavan Far Downs, Roscommon Sheep Sealers. Joe was bringing me to the Ashling Community Centre in Woodlawn for the Patrick's Day party. We'd have tea and soda bread. I think, uh, I think there's uh, entertainment there. And I can't think of the guy's name. He's a beautiful accordion player from Wexford. Party's going great, but Joe is finding the music a little bit slow. She's for a country far away. We used to play happy songs, lively songs. continues in the Ashling, but down on Fifth Avenue, the St. Patrick's Day Parade is well underway. Well, for me, it was busy. Busy. Well, every, out every night, because they couldn't have St. Patrick's Day one night, so they stopped a couple weeks before. Last time I marched on the parade, 
Margaret Shannon, what a lady, what a lady, Claire Woman, she was president. Oh yes, yeah, she came in. She comes in for St. Patrick's Day. And she got uh, a young boy, very young boy, to walk in the parade. And she brought me, and she walked, and the priest, Father Malone. And that was the front line, that boy, the youngest and the oldest. And we had that. But I always marched. It was nice, you see, you see everybody. Most people stand on the sidewalk and they wave, see the east as they come along. But this way you see all the people on the side. I'm 74 and my husband's 82, so going downtown, you kind of, you don't, you say, well, we'll get about two hours of the parade and then we'll get home before the rush. But it's not like... Uh, a whole day, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to get home before it gets dark. Yes. I used to go to it all the time. Mm. I used to march, and it's, it's, it's nicer to march than just to go there. It's, it's more fun. You see more people, actually, because there'll be people on the sideline that'll, that'll, that know you, and they'll, you mightn't be able to sort them out. They'll sort you out in, because you can't see so well from you're on the, on the line. But it's a, it's a lovely day. It's a beautiful day in Manhattan. But make sure you go to the bathroom before you start any walk. <laughs> and don't drink too much beer the night before work. We buy the, 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 the bacon from the butcher and the cabbage. And it's lovely. He's, he's a very good butcher. I think he's from, he's from Meath. And we have another one on McLean from, from Leithrum. And he's very good. We get the sausages, and then Trayetti has the black pudding. is very good. He gets it from Ireland. But the sausages are made here Irish style. They're pretty good. The Irish butcher there, he makes the mixture himself and sends it out to pack it. And they're pretty good, but I don't think they're as good as what used to be the old Donnelly's years ago. Whether it's the taste or not, I don't know. So Woodlawn in New York is an Irish home from home. You go to the store and you meet everybody, you know. That's the nice part of it. You know, you go to church. It takes you half an hour to come home, even though you're only a block away. <laughs> well, anyway, I met a stranger in Woodlawn when I moved up here first. Yeah. And she said, do you live in Woodlawn? And I said, yes. And she said, I, um, I, I'm not familiar with it. Where does it start and where does it end? I said, it starts with the gossip. And when the gossip ends, that's the end of Woodlawn. <laughs> it's so Irish, but it's like nothing you'd ever see in Ireland. True. <laughs> True. Well, that's from being away from home. See, you, you, you sort of have to establish... <laughs> it's like the, the dog walking by the fire hydrant. <laughs> Leave your mark. It's, it has changed so much... In our time, you wouldn't, you would never see a boy and a girl living together in our time. Never. Today? Huh, just make a bit. Every one of them has to have a, a mate, regardless. Go to the bar and after a night or two. It's the way it is. Maybe it's good, I don't know. It's jealous I am. See, it's the way <laughs> Born too soon. You got the boat, but you missed the boat. <laughs> I got the wrong boat, I think. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of old people in the Woodlawn now. 
because like the youth are not staying there somehow. All like all of mine, none of them stay there. They all spread out somewhere else. So whether it's well, the it might last them. I don't think it will. Did you ever want to go back to Ireland? I went back nine times. No, for good. Oh no! Oh no! I get nervous when the when the wallet is getting empty. <laughs> I want to be back here. No, I wouldn't. It's a different Ireland now for Joe. Well, when I was young, the neighbours would come to the house and smoke the pipe and uh, talk about politics and they'd have a great time. You don't have that anymore. They don't go there. Uh, and I miss that. I didn't see any of the neighbours when I went back. When did you go back to Ireland for the first time? I went back, um, I would say maybe 20 years after I had come here. For the, that was my first time. Mm. You know? And you had mm. come here at the age of? 15, yes, yeah. It was. It took a while because, mm. you know, with the children young and oh, things sure. like that, you know. It must be very difficult for your mother. I, I suppose it was. You know, we kept in touch writing, things mm. like that, you know. But uh, she had been out here and she had always wanted to come back it never materialized for her. Yeah. But that was many people's, many per, many person's story. <coughs> wouldn't, you wouldn't have the money when you come here first. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then some people never got the money together to go back. Right. It wasn't to be, I guess. <laughs> I used mm. to feel kind of envious, really. You know that because we didn't have any relatives much. You know, mm. whereas in Ireland you'd have big families and aunts and uncles and. Things like that, right there. So it was so, yeah. lo- lonely times occasionally. You, yeah, the only thing is we made a lot of good friends. You know, it, mm. it was like a substitute. But when you have these sad things, sometimes they make you stronger. You know, they. Oh yeah, you yeah, do, yeah. You do like. Uh, yeah, the most time I thought of them, if there was a sad song like Noreen Bonn or something like that on the, <laughs> the radio, she would oh, go I could. <laughs> I'd start crying or something, yeah, you know, yeah. but then, you know, you just go on and you say, okay, yeah. that's it, you know. <laughs> it makes you a little stronger, I think. It was a good life, all of It was a good life. I would never, I wouldn't exchange it for anything I had either in Ireland or in England. Sometime in England, too. No comparison. This, this, to me, this is... Yeah, I wish him. God bless America. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't go back down if they gave me Ireland. I wouldn't change. But that's the, no. Any point now that you would have gone back to live in Ireland if you had the chance? Today, you mean? Any time. Oh, within the period we were here? I think once you make your own family. Yeah. Once you have in your own the house, children your own here, because they're little yanks then, yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind you of... Uh, a trip, yes. yes. And you've got, you've yes. got a new loyalty as well to your new home. Yes, yes, right. yes. Yeah, responsibilities. Yeah. 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 And you kind of transfer your loyalties. Mm. You know, you don't ever, ever forget Ireland. No. It's fantastic. No. You know, you always have that. Yeah. But since you made your life here, you make the best of it, I think, you know.
Yeah. It's nice to go home on vacation. Very um, nice. It, yes. it is. Yeah, it's great to see Changing Ireland. You, you can love two countries. Uh, I, can, I can remember what I uh, learned as a child growing up in Ireland, and I still go by those concepts. And here, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful country. A marvelous uh, laws. The laws are wonderful. Uh, here, for petty reasons, they don't agree with each other. Here, they let everybody have his own opinion and let him. He's stuck with it. That's all. That's, that's what they take. Back at the Ashling Centre, the Patrick's Day party continues, but it's not the only celebration. No, no. Um, we have to wish a very special birthday to Rose Cunningham as well tomorrow. Rose. And also, married 60 years now, guys. Congratulations and happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you. Ninety-two-year-old birthday girl Rose Cunningham. It's a good day. Okay, here we go. Last night I had a dream. I woke up with a smile. I stood enchanted by the sea of rapture. Thank you.